0: Welcome to Talkin' Truth with comedian Dan Whitney, AKA Larry the Cable Guy, and Pastor Brian Clark. Today they welcome their guest, Pastor Nat Crawford.
1: Do you remember
2: an aha moment, Dan? No, but this morning I remember calling myself the God of bacon.
0: They'll be talkin' truth about the Bible and life and having a little fun.
2: Gatorade. Now, here's Dan. Hey everybody, this is Dan Whitney. A lot of people know me as Larry the Cable Guy. This is our show. Me and Brian Clark talking truth. We're joined today with Nat. My buddy Nat, who's awesome. Here's when we get Nat. When we don't have any big celebrities to bring in, we bring we bring Nat in. So whenever Nat's here, you can go, huh, I wonder who canceled. Yeah. <laughs> but we love Nat. Listen, We to, love Nat. We do. And today, Brian Clark's going to be talking about the place of salvation. This is the thing we call unwavering faith in Genesis. What's going to happen? Brian's going to read a little thing, and then uh, we're going to banter back and forth, talk about it. If you're listening, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it wants you to delve further into the Bible where uh, you can have hope and you can fill that hole in your heart if you haven't uh, accepted him. Brian, it's uh, time for you to do your deal.
0: All right, here we go. So over the years, I've seen atheists and skeptics, religious and irreligious people have what we might call these wonderful Aha moment.
2: And then that's just in the hallway on the way here. <laughs>
0: aha. For a variety of reasons, they reach a place in their lives where the truth about Jesus becomes real to them and they experience new life in Christ. It may not have been the first time they heard the message of Jesus, but for whatever reason, it's the first time they really understood what Jesus was offering and believed. In our story today, Jacob has an aha moment that changed his life. If you remember, Jacob deceived his father into giving him the blessing rather than his brother Esau. Esau was furious and vowed to kill Jacob as soon as his father died. So Jacob departed to the homeland of his mother, Rebekah. Haran was about 500 miles away, and Jacob knew it would be a dangerous journey. He traveled about 70 miles, and the sun was setting, so Jacob stopped for the night. In reading the story, there is a repetition around the idea that Jacob had come to a certain place that night. I don't think the idea is the piece of ground was special. It really wasn't. The idea is more that Jacob had come to a place in his life where he was willing to listen to God. He was alone, he was fearful, and he had nowhere else to turn. So often our aha moments with God happen when we come to that place in our own lives We find ourselves willing to listen to God in a way we hadn't been before. It becomes a sacred and often life-changing place. So it was for Jacob. There he dreamed of a ladder reaching from earth to heaven with angels ascending and descending on it. God appeared and identified himself as the God of Abraham and Isaac. It's worth noting that's the first time God calls himself the God of Isaac. What's implied is that he will also be the God of Jacob. He reminded Jacob of what he had promised him, his presence, his guidance, and his protection. He promised to see him through, like he had Abraham and Isaac. In other words, just as he was faithful to his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac, so he would be to him. This is not the first time Jacob had heard this, but for whatever reason, He was in a place in his life that night where he finally heard what God said, and he believed. For Jacob, it was a life-changing aha moment. The latter in Jacob's dream went back to the promise God had made to Abraham. God would cover Abraham's inability to keep the covenant and make a way for sinful people to enter into the promises of a holy God. This was a life-changing moment for Jacob. He named the place Bethel which means house of God. This is the place where Jacob truly met God. In the New Testament, a man by the name of Nathaniel was reading this same story about Jacob and the latter from Genesis 28. According to the Gospel of John, Jesus explained to Nathaniel that he, Jesus, was the latter in Jacob's dream. He was the promised seed of Abraham who would make a way for sinful people to experience a relationship with God. He would be the ladder from earth to heaven. Jesus was the fulfillment of the promise made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It would be His blood that would be shed because of our inability to keep the covenant. Over the years, I've seen many times when people have experienced a place in their lives where they finally turn to God. But so often, what they turn to is religion. They go to church or clean up their act or try to pray more hoping this wins some sort of favor with God. That's not what we're talking about here. Religion is often more of a barrier to God than a path to God. Like Jacob, what we need is an aha moment to realize what God offers is a relationship. He has done all the work by sending Jesus to be the Savior. He's the ladder between earth and heaven. All we need to do is believe to receive his gift. It's that moment of belief, that aha moment that changes everything. It's that sacred place where God enters your life, and you will never be the same again. The work has been done by Jesus. You simply need to believe. So let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. Guys, can you identify significant aha moments in your own lives?
2: Oh, absolutely. 100%. I read, like, 100 aha moments. I think before I tell you my aha moments, I think one of the cool things in what you just read, and for people listening, I think the reason that a lot of people don't become Christians is because what you just said there. Religion is often more of a barrier than a path because they don't want to be a part of a religion because religion has this rule and this rule and this rule and this rule. They're all man-made rules. But we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about following Jesus, Mm -hmm. which is different than religion. Right. You know? And I think a lot of people misunderstand that. And I'm glad that we talk about that because they don't want to be a part of
1: religion because religion
2: really is a barrier to God. It actually is.
1: Well, you're aiming at something you can't ever possibly hit, right? Absolutely. You're doing something, you're doing all these works and attending this and doing that. But the question is is it ever good enough? You're you're constantly striving for a mark you will never hit. Religion is absolutely a problem. You nailed it. Absolutely it is. And I, I just
2: hope that when you're listening to these, hopefully we'll delve into more stories about the difference between following Jesus and a religion. Because hmm. I think if a lot more people understood that, they would really uh, sincerely love
1: Christianity. 100%. Right. Exactly right. So what about that aha moment, Dan? I mean, I know... For a lot of people, bacon-wrapped everything is an aha moment, right? Bacon-wrapped uh, hot dogs, bacon-wrapped <laughs> jalapenos with cream cheese. That was a big aha moment for me. Wow, but that's that, probably yeah. not exactly what you were looking for, is it? Well, you know. I mean, well, it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. But do you remember an aha moment, Dan? No, but this morning I remember calling myself the <laughs> god of bacon.
2: Oh,
1: wow.
2: <laughs> See? I I it's, trans, it's transformational, <laughs> right. bacon. You give me right. your first
1: aha moment, and I'll give you an aha uh, moment. Oh, uh, show you, show you mine. You show me yours. Yeah, you know, I think one of my big aha moments was probably in one of my lowest points in my life. You know, I was raised in a Christian household, went to a Christian school, went to church my whole life, and I had heard the gospel I don't know how many times, but it's amazing how quickly you can begin to forget— the truth of the gospel. And over a while, began to think how much I contribute to my own salvation and then began wrestling on the flip side how great the grace of God is. So it can also become a license to sin, right? And it was this moment where I was really wrestling with my relationship with God and who Jesus Christ was in my life. I was sitting at home in my my lazy boy, and I remember going from feeling a moment of accomplishment, of being my own God, to suddenly realizing that I had begun to completely buy a lie. By playing God for myself and by exploiting the grace of God, I was completely empty. And there was nothing that I could do to possibly earn my way to God, make myself look good enough to God. And the decision to follow Jesus was, was a transformational decision. Soul saving, 100%. But it's also life changing. And so really wrestling with my own sin, thinking about who Jesus Christ is and his gift of eternal life as a free gift, and that gift transforms how you think, how you live. It was a really amazing moment where I thought, okay, he is who he says he is. His grace is sufficient. And now I'm actually going to begin to live this out day by day, week by week, imperfectly. I can rest in God's grace as I wrestle. But to really have that light flip on in a moment of, honestly, despair, uh, being really wrestling with my sin, it was a great aha moment. One I don't encourage people to get to, but a probably familiar place for many.
2: You know what? I think that
1: I grew up in a religious home. My dad was a preacher,
2: you know, so I, I'm like a lot of preacher's kids. They just grew up in a, in a religious house and it was always there. I never questioned it. I didn't need to question it. I would have got punched if I did. not <laughs> <laughs> Like all kids that grow up probably with preachers, I think you accept Jesus in your heart 35 times <laughs> because you never know if it takes. Better safe than sorry. You yeah. never know if it takes. And the reason I never knew that it took is because I felt like I had to do these religious things, and I wasn't doing these religious things. So did I really become a Christian? I believe in Jesus. I believe what he did. I believe it. But man, I you know, I did this yesterday, and I shouldn't have... Un- If I'm a Christian, I'm not supposed to do those things. And the older I got and the more I started learning a little bit more, I started understanding what it was like to be a true follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. My aha moment came. Look, I'm an entertainer. I was on the road on a tour bus, and I'm doing 12,000 people a night in arenas and making money left and right. And then I kind of pushed God aside because at that time— It's like, well, I love Jesus. I know he's there. If anybody's in a conversation, I stick up for him. But I'm not really living my life like that because I'm having a good time and I'm enjoying this. But at a certain point, when I did all these things and I accumulated good wealth and popularity, you're sitting in your hotel room and it's like, The most lonely time of your life. Mm -hmm. There's not 12,000 people out there, and there's not. And you're thinking, why am I moping around? And I'll tell you why I was moping around. Because I pushed away the one thing that made me truly happy and hopeful. Mm. And I was pushing it away and I was letting all these other things come in. That was really my moment. It's like, you know what? The Proverbs. Solomon, Mm. I kind of equated myself with, I mean, a little bit, you know? He had all this and he had that and he did this and he did that and he was searching and he just, I've done everything. And that's when I realized, I go, you know what? Jesus Christ is really the only thing Mm -hmm. that really satisfies me. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much my ha-ha moment. And it's not like I never believed or I don't have this crazy testimony. I was strung out on drugs and they found me in an apartment with 50 (laughs) women. Nothing like that. I wasn't a bad, I mean, I didn't do anything really evil. But And I always believed. But like I said, I never thought it took because I'm trying to follow the religious rules and I couldn't follow them. Therefore I never thought I was saved. And then when I had that epiphany and I'm sitting in my hotel room and I realized I've had, I got all these things, I've accomplished all these things. I'm still not happy. I'm moping around and depressed. Hmm. Why? That's why. Because I pushed away the one thing that made me happy. And when I put that back in my life, and I put on those Bible goggles, and I started focusing those things in, man, a whole new world opened up for mm. me. And that's the thing about being a Jesus follower. I'm not perfect. I'm going to screw up. I know I am, but I have the Holy Spirit inside me guiding me, going, you know what, probably not a good idea. Mm. <laughs> you know. And then what I'm trying to say is things that I normally would have done, I don't do. Jokes that I normally would write. I don't write because I have the Holy Spirit in me Hmm. telling me not to do this or don't do that. Obviously, I screw up sometimes. But like when when it says in here about where they're willing to listen to God, I think a lot of people don't know when God's talking to them. And I get it. How do you know when God's talking to you? That's a tough thing for new believers. I mean, is he? I don't hear his voice. Well, you're not going to hear his voice. But I myself wondered that too. I don't know. You always hear people. God told me yesterday. But you know what? When you bring God back in and you bring his word back into your life and you read and you really want to learn and you study, believe it or not, you hear a, you hear not a physical voice, but you literally are being told, that ah, not a good idea.
0: Yeah, I think, you shouldn't do that. I think that is the key, Dan. Sometimes people are listening for God's voice in kind of these mysterious ways, but the place to start is God's word. Mm-hmm. And to understand what God has said, and then you wrestle with it. Does God tell the truth, or is God a liar? Because sometimes those aha moments are just choosing to believe that, mm. that God tells the truth.
2: Absolutely. But I think a lot of people were like me, because I've heard other guy people go, oh, I don't know, i ask Jesus. And when, like the date, people get hung up on the date. What date were you saved? What was the date you were saved? I don't know. <laughs> I did it a lot of times, because I want to <laughs> make sure I did it. You know, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people, especially a group like me, they don't know. Right. I don't know. I just know I love Jesus and He's living in my heart. I finally realized I don't have to do it thirty times if I mean it. So I don't really know the date.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, what's relevant is what are you trusting in today right. for your salvation? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, you're not going to believe in Jesus and you're going to go to heaven, and He's going to go. Okay, uh, let's see. What date uh, did you accept me? But you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> if He doesn't know, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's not going to know. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So for you listening out there, I mean. A lot of people do know. That's fine. But there's a lot of people that don't. And I'll mm. be honest with you. I don't care. As long as you've accepted him in your heart, who cares what date it was? You're a changed person. You hear him talking to you. Mm.
0: So let's let's imagine a lot of our listeners have heard Bible stuff, church stuff, religious stuff, over and over and over again. Right. But they just easily dismiss it. They kind of push it away, right. and they think it's not for them. Mm. So maybe we have listeners who are going through something really hard something that's really challenging them or disappointing them, like you were talking about in your hotel room, what would you say to them that would cause them to stop and reconsider what the Bible claims and what's true and what all three of us would say has dramatically changed our lives? How do we get those people, maybe to, this maybe this is their
2: aha moment, that it's finally time to listen and to believe? Well, I, I would say that obviously you're searching and you want hope. You want to be eternally happy. You're not. You're searching. You've tried everything else, but the one thing that can do it, Jesus tells you, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You have to want to give it a shot. You have to want to eagerly understand it. There's plenty of social media applications for you. There's wonderful pastors out there that have awesome apps, awesome sermons that tell you all about it. But you have to immerse yourself. You have to really want to learn. It's like a book, any book. You want to, oh, I can't wait to read that book. You know what? I brought this up before about Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday said, reading the Bible or doing a devotion, doing something God-minded for 15 minutes a day, for a month straight, it's going to change your life. And so that's what you need to do. I mean, I think I'm a prime example. I mean, I was out there and I was doing this and I was making movies, but I just, I'm like everybody else. There was something that I just needed something else. And I knew what it was. And they just kind of pushed it away. But now that I got it back in and I'm reading my Bible and I'm staying engaged, I literally have no worries. (laughs) I mean, I have basically family. You know, you worry about stuff, but you're not. Let's put it this way. I'm not scared to die. I'm not worried about my anything like that. Mm. Uh, Even if I didn't have money, I wouldn't be scared to die, and I know that the Lord would provide.
0: Hmm. So you found what fills the hole. I
2: found what filled the hole, and that was uh, Jesus. I'll guarantee it wasn't money, and it wasn't fame, and it wasn't doing movies every week.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Definitely wasn't that. What I would encourage people to do is actually look for answers and look for them with an open mind and heart. In my experience, truth has continually pointed me back to God Absolutely. and the truth of the Bible. For there, There was a time in my 20s where I did look around. I wanted to see, what do the other world religions have to say? Does it work? If so, I want to know. But if it doesn't work, then God, if you're real— make yourself known. I know what I've heard, now I want to see. And so what I would encourage every listener today is take what we're telling you seriously. Take what you've heard and then go back to the Bible and see what it says. What does God say about himself in the Bible? What's his track record? Does he prove himself to be trusted or has he been proven to be a liar? If the evidence points to God being trustworthy, Jesus Christ being who he said he was, then it's time to start seriously considering what the Bible has to say. And the other thing I would ask you to do is ask yourself honestly. Again, look at the truth. Is your way working? When I was doing it on my own, it didn't work. When Dan was doing it on his own, it didn't work. There is only one thing that thus far has satisfied our lives. That's having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So be open to the truth. Pursue it wherever it leads. And don't be surprised because we believe it's going to point you right back to God.
2: Man, he says, I am the way and the truth. That's it. He's the truth. He's the life.
1: Let's go.
0: Thanks for listening to and Truth. Dan, Brian, and their guest, Pastor Nat, will be back again next week. So don't forget to subscribe. And be sure to visit us at TalkinTruth.com. That's Talk, the letter N, Truth.com.